this is Lo, and welcome to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. Today, we have a surprise for you. And that surprise is that we have our first dude ever on the show. Everybody, we have Graham Fortgang, who is the founder of Matcha Bar, your favorite place in NYC to get matcha. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And honored to be uh, the first guy on the show. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, I think we're definitely fans of the brand. Um, And I know that you have a lot of female influence influencers Mm -hmm. in your life, women that inspire you to do what you guys do. Um, So I'm really excited to hear kind of your founder story and understand how you've gotten to where you are today, because I feel like everybody knows Matcha Bar. It's like a really popular place in New York. Do you guys have locations outside of New York City? Yeah, one in Soho on Prince and Crosby, one out in LA in Silver Lake, which depending where you live in LA, if you live in the west side... You're never going to get there. Sure. <laughs> um, but we do have all of our, our packaged products that you can find all over the country. That's cool. Yeah. So can you first just tell me what matcha is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so, the uninitiated? So matcha, very simply, is shade-grown green tea leaves ground into a powder. So you think about every tea you've ever had, and you take a tea bag, you steep it into water. With matcha, you're taking the powder, you're whisking it, and you're actually consuming the whole leaf. So really simply, we like to say same caffeine as you'd get in an espresso, but that caffeine's released slowly over about three to four hours. So matcha not just offers a bit of caffeine, but also an element of focus. And that comes from uh, an amino acid called L-theanine in matcha. So we like to combine it as an energy plus focus functional beverage. Interesting. Why does it release over time? So you think about Versus this, I'm drinking yeah, yeah. iced coffee right now. <laughs> so you remember like the, the high fiber cereals and like yes. you need a high fiber diet? You do need a high fiber diet. When you're consuming matcha and you put the powder into water, mm-hmm. uh, it never dissolves. So your stomach actually has to digest the powder, like the, the ground leaf. So the caffeine is just slowly getting broken apart and that's mm. what causes the slow release. It's super logical. That's really interesting. So I'm actually pretty sensitive to caffeine. Mm -hmm. So I have like a half decaf iced coffee going right now. Um, Because if I drink a coffee, like a straight coffee at 8 a.m., at midnight I will still be awake because I'm a maniac. Um, Does matcha have... Does matcha keep you up? Because my friends that drink matcha religiously tell me that it is like caffeine on steroids. So I'll, I'll put it this way. Imagine if an espresso gives you 100 milligrams of caffeine. And the way coffee works is it goes right into your bloodstream. That's mm-hmm. why you're all jittery. Uh-huh. And then a couple hours later, you'll crash. Okay. With matcha, imagine that 100, or in our case 80, is broken out over four hours. Mm-hmm. So 20, 20. 20, 20. So it's a lower dose of caffeine delivered over a longer period of time, almost like getting a little more mileage. Oh, interesting. For what you get. So we always suggest not having one before bed, but I will say most customers feel like it doesn't keep them up. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And later today, we have a whole little uh, care package that we send over. We call it the Matcha Morning Challenge. So tomorrow, did we all get go. the matcha morning challenge? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow you guys cool. will, will drop a coffee for a matcha and let me know if we uh, ruin your night of sleep. My <laughs> fingers will be crossed. <laughs> Hopefully it's a no. Well, you can take lights out, though. We um, we have a sleep supplement that's called Lights Out, and everybody, I think everyone here takes it Oh, sometimes. I got to try this. It works really well. Yeah. Guys love it. My boyfriend takes many. <laughs> You're supposed to take two. He's <laughs> like, hey, it took four lights out. See you till tomorrow. <laughs> um, so why matcha? Why matcha? So, you know... I always like to remind people that energy is a universal language. So we what have, do you mean by that? Uh, 
a musician, a stockbroker, a construction worker, an artist, a student, they all have a relationship to energy. It's mm -hmm. how they get through their day. It's how they get to work. It's how they pick up their kid from school, whatever it is they're doing. Sure. And so most people that we are able to talk to can span all sorts of different industries. So for us, the excitement about matcha is we're not just talking to one type of person. We're trying to create a product that could be given to anyone. Mm -hmm. And some of the products we've built steep to those different people. Sure. I think that at its core, what we what really drew my brother and I to this space and to matcha as an ingredient um, is not enjoying the way we felt when we were drinking traditional caffeinated beverages. So that's uh, coffee espresso. It's also a Red Bull and mm -hmm. a Rockstar and all those scary drinks that many of us drank in college. Mm -hmm. um, and that brought us to, to what we're serving today. That's cool. Um, so how do you do that successfully? Because I have to imagine that different types of people, just because of their backgrounds, where they live, what they have access to, you know, what they are used to consuming, like, how do you educate people about the difference? Because, like, I didn't know that much about matcha, but now I do. So it definitely requires education. Yeah, and it's, it's like a... How do you convert somebody that's, like, a lifelong coffee drinker? It, it's an ongoing challenge. You know, it starts with a morning matcha challenge in some cases. Okay. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the time, we're grateful that, you know, Five years ago, when we opened the first matcha cafe in Brooklyn, um, it was probably the only spot you could get matcha in a traditional cafe setting in New York. Mm -hmm. Years later, Starbucks has matcha, Intelligentsia has matcha, you can get a matcha at Jamba Juice. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty robust. Now, is it a good quality matcha? You know, any coffee snob would say the same thing about coffee served at other places. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely varying levels, but the education is going out there. And the big thing for us is before going into the slow release caffeine and the focus, all we want people to know is that this is a replacement for coffee and in many ways a healthier replacement for coffee. Why is it healthier though? couple things at play here. A, we think the way it treats your mind, the energy that we kind of talked about is, I would say, more nurturing to the mind and the body. Two, which is really important to me and my story, and you know, I'll go into more of this later, um, it's an alkaline, so it's not acidic. Mm -hmm. Coffee is super acidic, and one of the first things that brought me to matcha was dealing with years and years of acid reflux and stomach symptoms mostly led by my morning cup of espresso, my four o'clock coffee, and a lot of the energy drinks on the market. So mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really unique about matcha. Um, the third thing is it's made from green tea. So you're drinking this on a regular basis. It's a, it's a huge boost to your immune system. Matcha has 10 times the amount of antioxidants as a cup of green tea. And so people like yourself who are out hustling and they're drinking this on a daily basis, it's a big boost to the overall, you know, health and immune system. You know, that's more of a long con story. Mm. Uh, you know, I joke. Is that because you're consuming the whole leaf instead of just steeping exactly. it from a bag? So the okay. same property of why there's more caffeine in matcha versus a green tea um, would, would go over to the antioxidants as well. Got it. That's yeah. interesting. Um, how did you build this business? I, I'm so impressed with people that actually go into brick and mortar, you know, they, they go into food and beverage and they actually make something out of nothing, <laughs> which yeah. has to be a huge challenge. Yeah, it was fun. I was, you know, prior to this, I was coming out of the world of music. And oh, so cool. Very uh, cool. from the age of maybe 17 into 22, I was throwing underground music concerts all over New York and Brooklyn in the world of event production. 
it's a job that requires you to stay up late and to be around lots of stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so energy is a big, a big part of that. And that's what brought me to matcha. Mm. When we started, we really looked at like, you know, what's an example of what we want to do? And we really thought of Ben and Jerry's, right? Ben and Jerry's has a couple stores. You can see the tie-dye shirts, the cow wallpaper. You can try, you know, Chunky Monkey and all the fun flavors. <laughs> but their bread and butter is in the shelf. And so similarly, we said, you know, if we want to introduce our culture and what we're doing, let's open up a cafe. Um, that ended up being a very, very big challenge <laughs> for two people who had never done anything done that before, in that yeah. space. Um, but we made it out alive somehow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm more curious to hear more about that journey specifically. Um, like, tell me what it was like. Yeah, so first cafe, White Avenue. Like, right? literally, how do you open a cafe? Yeah, yeah, so... You know, the first thing you need to do is find a general contractor to build the space. Mm -hmm. And on the budget we were working with, which is whatever money me, my brother, and father could kind of pull together, it was barely anything. Mm -hmm. So we were staining wood. We were pouring cement bars, looking up YouTube tutorials on how to make a cement bar for $150. I mean, we were doing whatever we could. Um, We opened across from the White Hotel in Mm -hmm. Williamsburg. We got really lucky that our next door neighbor was Vice Media, and mm-hmm. they were really like the first supporters, like five, six hundred people coming in, yeah, helping spread now. the word. Where it is, yeah. And the building process was really crazy, but once we got open, actually managing the store was a whole other thing. So in the beginning, Max and I were working seven days a week. I was working the register, educating people. He was making the drinks. You know, we joke, you know, I still can't make a matcha. So that was kind of <laughs> his territory. And to this day, what he does in the business uh-huh. is dreaming up all these amazing products we sell. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about your interest specifically in matcha, because I know that you uh, got into it because of some health-related yeah. issues. Yeah. So I would love to sort of understand like your personal connection to the brands because I feel like the brands that are the most successful um, always have some kind of founder story that is that is really meaningful. Yeah. 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 No, it's a uh, it's a meaningful story. I mean, I'm born and raised in New York, as is my brother. And mm-hmm. growing up in the city and anyone then who moves to the city knows that New York can be unforgiving and harsh and exhausting to live in and specifically in your younger years while you're growing up. And so not, not that it helped me any working in the world of music uh, mm-hmm. was a big wear and tear on my body. And as I started paying attention to the inputs and the outputs and how things that I ate made me feel and how things that I put into my body affected my emotional, my mental capacity, um, I started looking into healthier alternatives. And specifically with coffee, um, my acid reflux was so bad that I ended up having to get surgery. It's, oh, really? a, it's an open stomach surgery that essentially helps the acid stay down and not continue going up your esophagus. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the last step. And in many ways, matcha was the first energy that I was able to turn to that wouldn't actually have that effect on me, wouldn't actually worsen the symptoms that I was feeling. But I don't like to focus too much on that one symptom, but more of like a microcosm. And I think like Max and I always talk about culture of like, you know, we're we're about to enter a new decade, right? The 20s. Maybe it's the roaring 20s. Who knows? TBD. Could be different. <laughs> Definitely TBD. I'm um, worried about the end of the world. <laughs> but, you know, we're asking this question now of like, 
what's hustle in 2020, you know, versus what it was, you know, when we were growing up, it was like this rise and grind culture, wake up early, stay late, put in Saturdays, have shame of putting an OOO on your GCAL, not wanting to take time off, thinking it's cool to glorify on social media, how burnt out you are. And as we move forward and look towards 2020 and beyond, I think, you know, hustle is really becoming um, the pursuit of happiness and, and taking care of yourself and, you know, putting in the work to take time off and, you know, thinking with your head, but also with your heart. And I think that's definitely something that's, you know, the, the narrative of why matcha really changed our entire lives because it allowed us to get into a place where we felt more capable to tackle um, a very overwhelming lifestyle. Do you feel like now because you, well, I'm a business owner, so I know that it is really like an everyday thing. But do you feel like because you became the master of your own destiny that you're that much closer to sort of fulfilling the lifestyle dream or the lifestyle that you want to have for yourself, which is this pursuit of happiness? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's an ongoing struggle. You can, you can think you're there, and then all of a sudden a crisis emerges, and you're like, oh, my God, we're back in the trenches. So, <laughs> you know, I think the big thing is – you know, honoring your body the best you can and doing the, you know, little things. I think that there's no surprise that matcha became popular at the same time that therapy became more talked about at the same time that meditation became more widely accepted and interested by young millennials. You know, talk about inspirations. Meditation is the single biggest positive influence on my life over the last five years. The only reason I started is my mom literally made me. She was like, Graham, like... Why did she make you? Uh, Let's talk about this. I'm, I'm, I love meditation, so I'm always really curious to get people's take on it and yeah. sort of understand like why they started doing it. For me, I was suffering from awful depression and anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I would try to close my eyes at night, and I would feel like I was like losing my mind. And it was only when I started to do TM after I learned that process yeah. that I was able to sort of get through that really difficult moment in my life. And it, everybody that I talked to, seems to have the same story. Yeah, well, you know, it's really special. I think that specifically in this day and age, it's really it's really wonderful to have the ability to kind of like shut off for a second. You know, I always think of it almost as like switching the light switch off and then back on in terms of like your circuitry once you're, you know, meditating and in a good flow. Um, and taking the time to just be more in touch with yourself I think is at the root of it. Luckily, someone had suggested it to my mom when she was going through a similar process and she wanted to get more in tune with who she was. And I only did it literally to appease her. She was like, you're so stressed, you need to take this class. And I was like, all right, mom, if you talk about this anymore, I'm gonna go crazy, I'll go. And changed my entire life. And to this day, you know, not only does my whole family of six meditate, and we meditate together, it was my mom's birthday over the fifth, and we did a family meditation and yoga before we started the weekend. But uh, employees of mine, I offer free meditation to, and I ask them, hey, you know, any director level, you know, would love to offer you a meditation course. My girlfriend, best friends, I think the more you can share what's working for you, the better. So, you know, how similar would, experience to you. Yeah, but I mean, how has your life improved specifically because of because of meditation i think that the big thing that i like to think about with meditation is the ability to be a little more intuitive mm -hmm. and understand that answers don't need to be thought out they can kind of be guided by like an internal navigation or compass so for me meditation not only helps with my anxiety not only helps with the way i react to things but allows me to start listening a little closer you know if you go like all the way back 
to the beginning of Vedic meditation and the Vedas and the whole lineage of uh, how TM and a lot of modern Vedic meditation is practiced, you know, it, it's this idea of like the, the seers, people mm -hmm. who could like see and, and hear what your body, what nature was telling you. So I think it, it, for me, it has to do with listening to things that were already there that maybe I was ignoring. Mm. What, is, what does anxiety look like for you? Because it's personal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anxiety, I, I'm one of those guys that have clear somatic symptoms. If I'm anxious, I my stomach stings, I might lose my voice. If I'm going through a tough time, I'll lose my voice every day. It drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I'm able to center myself and pull away from that anxiety, a lot of the symptoms change. But anxiety is different for a lot of people. You know, uh, my girlfriend has trouble sleeping, and she's up late at night when she's anxious. And so I think... There's never like a, a one-fit solution for that. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, and, and having a somatic symptom tied to it, it's unavoidable. You know, you can't, you can't uh, ignore that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I get this tightness in my throat. Yeah. And for years, I tried to figure it out. And I saw so many doctors, and people told me that it was acid reflux. A therapist told Same me. Same exact thing. A therapist told me, oh, I think that your throat is tight because you're literally not able to, you know, speak the words that you want to speak. So, like, you're, you know, you're, like, restricted in your throat. I mean, everybody That's had crazy. it. That's crazy. I went to voice therapy. I did everything. <laughs> is that weird? Trying to find all this, and it ended up being all anxiety-related. So I had, like, a almost, and I was like, are my lymph nodes swollen? You totally. Know, I went to a hematologist. Do I have cancer? I had no idea. I was just, you know, desperately trying to figure it out. And, you know, it's so funny. You had a very similar experience. Super, super similar for years. And, you know, for me, like, I guess I have, you could call it like generalized anxiety. You mm -hmm. know, like I look at like, you know, my DNA and, you know, I have all these sort of, uh, what is it called, you guys, when, like, your alleles are off, you know, instead of two positives, you have, like, a mm -hmm. positive and a negative or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you look at your genetic makeup, and so, like, there are definitely things that indicate that, you know, I'm predisposed to anxiety. But, um, you know, it was probably when I was maybe 26 to 29, 30, living in New York when my anxiety was the worst. And I think a lot of it came from me trying to sort of figure out what my path in life was, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of it honestly came from my personal relationships and a feeling of, like, insecurity within these relationships, whether they were romantic or business or, or friend, friendships, whatever it was. And honestly, this is going to sound so mundane, but it's truly when I started to take care of myself and I was able to, you know, put my health and wellness first that I was actually better like I was in a terrible relationship for a couple of years and like I was having awful anxiety and I didn't want to relate it to the relationship but it was absolutely connected yeah. and a couple years out now that I'm in this like stable loving relationship and I'm going to work every day and I'm just like functioning how I know I should be functioning I'm totally fine but it's when I was living in this sort of like place where I didn't want to acknowledge the things that were wrong that I was doing wrong is when I felt the worst. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And to tie it back a little bit to what you were asking with meditation is I think it allows you to sit with uncomfortable feelings better. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things I've learned and, you know, what I always talk about in business, you know, the first thing is focus. And then the second thing is really needing to be able to say things that make people uncomfortable sure. without getting uncomfortable. And when you do that, whether it's confronting a friend or a lover or a business partner mm -hmm. or a 
label provider that messed up your label on your can run <laughs> yeah, or totally. a cap that didn't arrive for the production run and cost you 20 that whatever it is mm-hmm. um you're able to then confront those things and not let the anxiety kind of bubble up yeah i agree with you absolutely being able to sort of like sit in your discomfort and not have a like total meltdown or be so reactionary to those things has definitely helped guide me to a much more i don't know if it's like a more adult place in my life or if it's more of a self-actualized place in my life. You know, I'm going to be 33. And so that's a question that I ask my friends pretty regularly at this point. I'm like, am I getting better as a human just because I'm getting older and I'm having more life experiences? Or am I really doing this hard work? You're doing the hard work. There are plenty of (laughs) 45, seven-year-olds who are I uh, haven't learned any of these things, <laughs> let me tell you. I'm sure you've come across some people as well. I know. I, I, I definitely have, but, like, I'm also afraid to sort of, like, give myself the credit. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? You deserve the credit. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I've put in, like, lots of time, of ener- time and energy into sort of, like, making myself feel better and, you know, wanting to be um, a, a positive force for good, like, while I have this time on Earth. But it's also hard to be like, yeah, I've done all this hard work on myself, and I'm so great. You know what I mean? you got to congratulate yourself for the hard work. Do you do that? Oh, yeah, all the time. You do? Yeah. How do you, like, celebrate yourself? Me and my girlfriend came up with cheers for each other. What's that? Like, we have, like, little, like, cheers kind of, like. Oh, cheers. I thought you said jeers. I was like, that sounds bad. (laughs) No, 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 like a cheerleader. So, Uh like, we have, like, little cheers that we, like, sing for each other. Yeah. And then, like, we'll sing our own when when we're, like, we did something good and we're all excited. Mm -hmm. It's a little juvenile, but we have the best time doing it. No, I think that's great. (laughs) Um, So, you have a lot of really positive female influence in your life. Yes. Which I'm sure our audience would appreciate being primarily female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll run through them right now. Number one, <laughs> on like the temple, it, I call her Mamacha, my mom. Oh, She's sweet. like the inspiration into everything I do and above her, her mom. I mean, they're like the workhorse, work ethic, value-driven, moral compass in my uh, universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every day I wake up and try to honor and celebrate her and think how she would react, how she would address an issue. So I think, you know, my mom has been, you know, a big guiding force to how I build my company and mm-hmm. how I build my, my company culture. Um, and she's also involved too, which is awesome. So she's sitting in and giving us feedback and looking at branding and saying we can push farther. I mean, she's amazing. Hmm. Um, number two, um, right now, positive influences would be my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like an amazing powerhouse, creative, um, multidisciplinary, working in both fashion and media and film. And she was working in the corporate world at Google for a while, but she just left. And it's been so cool to see um, how she's tackled uh, this whole new jump into a new life. But more than anything, um, finally finding a partner that's built me up and been able to support me in the way and love me in the way that I've needed. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that until it happens. And when that happens, you're able to go above and beyond and jump through hoops that you never thought you were able to. So I think I owe a lot of the, a lot of the work that I'm doing now to her. Um, the third, which might be a little random, um, is one of our, our big supporters and partners is Billie Eilish. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and she's, you know, we've been involved with her very early on and her entire team, um, her management, her label, and Darkroom Records, which kind of puts out all of her music. And I think that having her uh, as a as the icon she's becoming for young females is just so amazing. And the things she's talking about and the way she's speaking about them, the vulnerability and the t- 
topics that she is covering in her music um, is something we're really proud to be a part. Mm -hmm. And I also think that uh, the the work she's doing is really tough work, um, specifically in pop music. It's really hard to do what she's doing. And she writes all of her music with her brother and her mom and dad are on tour. And, you know, I have a family business as well. So I think there are a lot of parallels that I really respect about how she's growing in her business. And she actually helped us launch um, Hustle, which is a, a product that I was telling you about before the show. Um, which yeah, is then our, I stopped you. I was like, no, 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 yeah. tell me on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, to see where she's come all the way up to her you know, most recent Coachella performance, I mean, kudos to her. What a cool icon. Yeah, I, uh, I was listening to something, I think, on NPR the other day, and it was like Billie Eilish was like the next, you know, music She'll be bigger icon. than Madonna, 100%. Yeah, that's, that, well, that's what they were saying, that, oh, you know, yeah. she's like a once-in-a-generation type of talent. Yeah, it's special. Um, which I think is really cool. Um, so tell me about Hustle. Yeah. I'm very curious. Yeah, so, so um, Hustle, very simply, is a, uh, a matcha energy product, right? It's sparkling. It's lemon-lime. Soon it'll be available in a couple other flavors that'll be rolling out this spring. We haven't yet announced, but we're excited about. And the idea is the same caffeine you would get in a double shot espresso or a Red Bull, but all natural, made from matcha. So eight ingredients, mm -hmm. slow release energy, no crash, no jitters. And for us... What about sugar? Is there sugar in it? There is going to be three fruit juice sweetened flavors, which we're really excited about. Our best-selling skew, which is our lemon-lime, is... Mm -hmm completely unsweetened, five calories, and, you know, honestly, almost like a caffeinated La Croix, if you but could imagine. But sweetened by monk fruit. I see monk fruit here as one yes. of the ingredients. Yeah, we do a touch of monk fruit kind of to round out the flavor profile of the matcha. Tell listeners about monk fruit, because I know about monk fruit, but yeah. monk fruit is really interesting because you can make something sweet from a natural source, but it actually has zero yeah, grams so, of sugar in it. Yeah, so, you know, if you use enough monk fruit, it'll actually show up and eventually... Uh, Add up to one yeah. gram of sugar, Eventually. 0.5 grams of sugar. <laughs> but it really is amazing. You can use a, a touch of it. And what I find it does, and you, you know, tomorrow morning you'll try it, um, is it doesn't actually give the perception that it's necessarily sweet, but it gives like a fullness in the flavor. Mm. So it'll help draw out the lemon. It'll help draw out the lime. I think that what we found, and so if you imagine Hustle as a matcha energy drink, right? Mm -hmm. And then you imagine our glass line is just, uh, you know, plain matcha. Uh, 80 milligrams of caffeine, all natural. In both SKUs, all of our best-selling flavors are unsweetened. So we have an unsweetened mint and an original in the bottle. And then in the can, it's the unsweetened lemon-lime. And so it's been really cool to kind of hear our audience speak back to us and tell us what's working. Mm -hmm. I think that our dream, specifically for Hustle, is there are kids and there are single parents and there are construction workers and there are entrepreneurs and tech tech offices all around the world, not just the country, the world, that are still drinking energy drinks. And you could have a Red Bull, a Monster, a Rockstar, but this is a $20 billion industry that is continuing to grow. And every single of the top 10 energy drinks are led by taurine as a chemical and sugar. And so our goal with this product is to offer a healthier alternative to what many of us grew up drinking. And so while the bottle lives a little more in the natural space, we're really going head-to-head -head with Red Bull with this product. And mm -hmm. we've started to bring it to music festivals as the official energy drink. We partnered up with Form Festival in Arizona. They were the first music festival to kick out Red Bull and ban taurine on the premises. You know, for me, even a big event like Coachella, if you have a Casamigos tequila, 
and a vegan sushi wrap and a smoothie and a craft beer, there is no reason young fans should be served taurine. It's a terrible chemical, and it is absolutely awful and wreaks havoc on your insides. What does it do to the body? So taurine, and it's a combination of that and a lot of the other chemicals in it, essentially has been linked to stomach ulcers. Mm -hmm. And so not only that, there's been multiple deaths that are directly linked to the combination of taurine, mainly Red Bull, and liquor. And in fact, so much show that certain states, New York included, has now banned serving alcoholic drinks with energy drinks on public property. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm curious with this because you're in the business of, of matcha and of energy and caffeine and you know all of these products are addictive by nature. Um, so do you have any thoughts on that or like, what's your approach when somebody like me is like, well, you know, you're selling people a product that's addictive and you know that you're doing that. So they're just going to keep coming back to you. Do you have any feelings about that? Yeah, totally. You know, I think on like a high end, it's like, you know, gluten is one of the most addictive substances on the earth. Like does the baker get scolded for selling like a pen of chocolat? Like no. And so I think like, sure, yeah, they're addictive properties, but it's our job and we have a responsibility to educate how these products are consumed. Mm -hmm. So for me and the way I consume a matcha and it's, what time is it now? It's 12.22. This is my first matcha of the day. So the way I work is I wake up and I get everything I can do possibly before I start feeling drained, before I put in my first injection of caffeine. Now that's my personal approach, but we always like to educate. It's not more, 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 but it's actually looking at how you can be more efficient with less. And so part of that is in our messaging and our education, but I also think it's something that's beginning to come more culturally accepted that the answer isn't harder, better, faster, stronger. Shout out Kanye and Daft Punk. Mm -hmm. But it's more about being dialed in and focused. And those are in the biohacks of people putting butter in their coffee so it's slow release and people doing intermittent fasting because they think it gives them more energy. And the underlying narrative with a lot of these, you know, let's call them biohacks or tricks of the trade um, is minimalism and less is more. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that as an energy product, we'll have to fight against because a consumer can do whatever they want with their product. Yeah. I'm not there like whispering in their ear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's something that's on us to do our best to navigate. Yeah, I think that that's a thoughtful approach. Um, tell me your feelings about sugar. Sugar, I'm not into, personally. We sell two SKUs that are sweetened. We have a lemonade. Lemonade is very hard to figure out without a little bit of sugar. Uh, it's a ginger mint lemonade. It's actually a really cool collaboration with Dig In. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily an added sugar person, but I think they're great products to get people who want the function of matcha but haven't tried the flavor in the door. And we see a very same thing with people who are you know, moving into whether it's your first time you've had a cocktail, whether it's the first time you've had a coffee, whether it's the first time you've had a kombucha, Mm -hmm. a lot of the best-selling flavors end up being something that are sweetened. I will tell you that as we move into 2020, we're making an initiative to move into a fruit juice sweetened company. And so that's something that I think is like a longer vision Mm -hmm. and is very expensive to figure out. As you imagine, juice is so expensive. Um, But it's something that's very like near and dear to my heart. I really believe there's a direct impact to your sugar intake, your energy levels, and your mental health. Yeah, I, I agree, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess I was just curious in general. Like, you see all of these brands coming out with, you know, l- less sugar, um, 
or you know zero sugar alternatives and I guess I was just curious if like part of your mission is to sort of be part of the war on sugar Definitely. which you know I was just curious about that because I think that there is um, just there's such a lack of information about the dangers of sugar and sugar is you know like as addictive as heroin and <laughs> just as bad for you long term and you know you see all of these kids who are still drinking sodas and these energy drinks and all of this stuff and they keep gaining weight you know yeah. what I mean and like their parents are buying them like low fat alternatives fewer calorie alternatives but really there's the same amount there's the same amount of sugar in like all, all of these products yeah. um, and so I guess I was just curious if you guys educate around that specifically um, as we because it's something that I'm like really passionate about and I believe even, um, you know, and like I've lost weight just by cutting out a additional sugar from my diet and like I feel so much better. And so, you know, when I'm out in market and I'm looking at products specifically pack, you know, prepackaged products like Hustle or, you know, other things that are available in market, like I'm always looking for the brands that, um, you know, are being good representatives of like what is actually healthy. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, people even at Whole Foods and are sampling, they pick up a package and immediately turn it over. Yeah. So I think it's all happening. And I think that we're going to be playing a big role in the no sugar added movement mm -hmm. over the next couple of years. I think that in, in today's world, specifically if you think of like the problems that our country's facing, it all starts with the youth and what's put into the body mm -hmm. and all of the tension and anxiety and the issues that can arise of that are all stemming from the fact that a massive, massive, massive chunk of our country's children are being fed sugar and are being fed processed foods. And so I think it's part of like a much larger discussion of like, how can we start looking at our food system differently? And that's something that, you know, many of us on our team are, are deeply, deeply passionate about. I first, you know, in college was interested in food studies for that reason. Mm -hmm. So you guys developed Hustle with that in mind? Yeah, yeah. And, and, all, and all of our innovation, we're gonna be coming out with a new line of products uh, this spring that we can't yet announced yet is all going to be no sugar added as well, which we're excited about. Very cool. Yeah. So as a business owner, how do you stay well? And don't say matcha. Yeah. Yoga. <laughs> yoga is a big one. I do yoga three to five times a week. Wow. Um, I love it. I go to Moto Yoga here in New York. It's a great studio. I like hot. I like a hot vinyasa practice, but you don't need to do it hot. I think your ability to stretch is very important. Mm -hmm. I think breath is the most important skill and practice anyone should have, even above meditation. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you can own your breath and be in tune with your breath and understand how breath work works, you're able to work through issues in a boardroom, in a investor pitch, in ways that you would never really understand. Mm -hmm. So for me, I really do drop parallels to being in a hundred degree room and you know, being able to do a headstand while slowly breathing upside down to walking through a really difficult investor pitch or a crisis in our factory or whatever it is. So yoga's big, meditation's big, eating healthy is really important. I think that you want to draw the line of um, eating well and not letting it become a obsessive issue. I think that's something that I've definitely been challenged with personally mm -hmm. of all of a sudden being like, oh, no, like I can't. I haven't had a pizza in four years because, like, I don't eat bread anymore. And, you know, I think it was the other day I like, called my girlfriend. I'm like, this is the first pizza I had in five years. Like, I can't believe I love myself enough to give myself a pizza. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for allowing me to feel this way. And she's like, epic. I'm happy I helped. Um, so I think that there's a balance you want to draw. Yeah. And I think certain people can't eat certain foods because it makes them sick or feel terrible and stay away from those things. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, sometimes you want to have a bagel in the morning. 
Other times you want to stick to a plant-based diet for a month. It's just whatever kind of works for you. Mm -hmm. I'm like a big believer in the science of individualism. Nothing works for everyone. Yeah. It sounds like one of the big takeaways after sort of like hearing what you've had to say is that you try to live your life without judgment and in like a really positive place, which um, I'm a huge advocate of. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You know, my thing is like sing, dance, shake your tush like as much as you can and like try to be silly because, you know, that's all we got. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, cool. Well, where can our listeners find you guys? Find Matcha Bar, find Hustle. Yeah, you can find it at any Whole Foods around the country. You can go on Amazon Prime. You could swing by one of our cafes. Um, we're always popping up at festivals like Coachella or a Coop Conference or Summit LA or GovBall. So we're around, but, you know, follow us on Instagram at Matcha Bar and we're, we're going to have a fun little journey ahead of us. You know, our, our goal since day one still hasn't changed, which is, you know, Matcha to the people. So the more we can educate and, and people like you being kind enough to tell our story and, and help us spread the gospel, you know, we're, we're humbled and very thankful for. So thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Graham.